Hello everyone. Um, don't have an intro today or like an off topic, so I'm just going to get right into the game. So let's start off with the introduction. My name is Don, and that silence you're hearing is because I'm doing my first solo show. Uh, Ara was going to end up uh, recording this episode with me. Uh, this episode is Cthulhu Saves the World. And we started playing it about a month ago. But unfortunately, this is uh, the day I can record before my Christmas vacation. And I wanted to get it done now before I completely forget the, about the game because I have such short-term memory. He only got halfway through the game in that time. So he pulled a Derek. So this is why I'm going to do the show by myself in this case because I don't want to kind of ruin some of the stuff that happens later in the game for him to play it at his leisure. Also, he was just kind of helping me out for the time being with Derek being dead. Not really, but we did an off-topic with Derek. He's still incredibly busy with work, and on his off-time, he's like gambling his money away on cryptocurrency. So he hasn't had time to play any games. He doesn't play games hardly anymore. Uh, when back in the day, he just played all different kinds of games except the game we were supposed to record. So I'm kind of waiting for him to kind of come back in the fold. But in the time being, at least going forward, I think in the new year, I'm going to be doing a lot of solo shows for a while. Uh, unless a fan wants to join me, all you really need is audacity and a good mic and the ability to like, like Google drive to send me the file when you're done. If, because me and Derek use Discord to record the shows. But for the time being, I'm going to see how this works out. Don't know how it's going to be good just doing it by myself, but I really want to get back into the doing these shows and playing these games. If you can't tell, we, I've been pumping them out recently. What shows have I done so far? I know beginning of 2021. Let me look here. Oh, and by the way, this is the most fail... Uh, podcast out there retro rpg podcast actually was the most fail we're gonna get i'm gonna get back on track if it's just me i'm doing it let me see what shows have we done well we did the off topic with derek that came out november 13th lost odyssey okay so that one that's how i got r to kind of do a couple shows with me is he had this xbox 360 game called lost odyssey and he wanted me to play it because he got i think somewhere stuck on disc two on a boat Back when the game first came out in 2010, 2009, something like that. So he wanted me to play the game. He didn't care if I did it for the show, but I was holding it off to do a show episode. So I borrowed his discs. Uh, my Xbox One X has been broken for like six months. His one was on his way to be broken because the optical drive was failing. It ended up failing after disc one. So that's why I released an episode just on disc one with Ara. He's going to take my optical drive out of my Xbox One X, put it in his, and then I'm going to borrow it again sometime in the new year once it gets it all soldered and ready. And I'll finish Lost Odyssey. And it's got discs 2, 3, and 4. I'll just do that all as one show. He might be involved in that. Maybe not. We'll see. So we did a Lost Odyssey episode. I really like that game so far, actually. It's 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 the Final Fantasy of uh, Xbox, in a way. Omori, great game. Uh... That's one I've been waiting to play with uh, Derek, but uh, I just never got him around to record. And the one before that, I think we did uh, 
one of the DLCs for Doom Eternal. I think we did that early in 2021. So from Omori, which, when did that come out? Yeah, end of September, let's just call it November. So I've done three episodes, one off topic and two main shows. And this is this is Cthulhu Saves the World, a shorter game, mind you. Uh, I got R to kind of agree to do a couple of these because I was helping, I was going to play Lost Odyssey. So we already recorded an, uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas. We did that one first because we wanted to release that as a Christmas show. So that is coming out uh, Christmas Eve. That'll be released. And then I decided to do Cthulhu Saves the World after. Now, I should have probably did this one first because I think this is the better of the two games. Even though I liked Cthulhu Saves Christmas, and you'll hear that when it comes out. It's a much shorter game. There's not there's not a whole lot of exploring um, or going to different towns. The battle system's a little different. I played it. On, we both played it on easy mode, and it, that's just way too easy. That's one of those games where you 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 can't just play it on easy mode. So I played Cthulhu Saves the World on normal this time around. I'm totally off track. Let me let me update. So I gave you my name, gave you the podcast. Email is retrorpg at gmail.com. I've appreciate anybody that wants to send emails let us know we're still listening uh or give us an itunes review i haven't checked that in forever because i my old uh what did i have an ipod nano fourth edition fifth edition that finally died and so i don't really i don't really have itunes anymore but uh, i appreciate uh, any reviews you guys give or emails sent to a. Uh, let us know you're still kind of paying attention. And let me know how you think about the solo show. Uh, I know I don't have that back and forth with Derek right now, but I'm hoping to shame him enough to come back to do some games with us. Or else I might just get burnt out doing it myself. Who knows? Uh, maybe this will work out better. We'll see. Or I can get a fan to come in. I don't know. You never know. All right. So, Cthulhu Saves the World. I don't know who... I think this was a re- recommended by a fan years ago. We've had such a laundry list of shows that have been in the works, and they've all been bangers. You're talking Omori, uh, Child of Light, I think, was one. There's been a few. Let me look at my... Go up here and look at the past shows that we've done. Just in the few years. I know we've been doing less and less as we've been going. So, yeah, Child of Light... Uh, FTL, Faster Than Light, Undertale, Doom Eternal, Cosmic Star Heroine, uh, Omori. I mean, t- those are all excellent shows. Or games, I mean. I don't know about the show, but the games were good. So we finally got around to, or I did, and uh, R helped me out a bit on uh, the Cthulhu series. So Cthulhu Saves the World, that's the game came out first. It came out about 10 years ago. Much more indie RPG. Think Final Fantasy 1 as far as the character sprites, the layout, just everything. Except it's more of a joke RPG. Doesn't take itself seriously. Breaks the fourth wall all the time. It was, it was, it was, pretty, it was kind of humorous with uh, the, Saves Christmas. But this one is so much more in-depth of an actual RPG. Even though it's about, I think they say average time to beat is 10 to 12 hours. I played it on normal and got... I think a little over eight hours on Steam. I was playing it on my desktop computer with Steam uh, using an Xbox 360 USB controller. 
because I prefer controllers anymore when playing these type of games. Um, where do I begin? If you don't know what who, what Cthulhu is, you have to Google search it. Think about Frankenstein, Dracula. It's one of those kind of dark entity monster type deals and written by H.P. Lovecraft. Surprised they ever made an RPG on it, but I think it actually works. It works incredibly well for this one. If you had to pick either game, I would go with Cthulhu Saves the World. But let me stop rambling and actually get into the game. You first you can't you first start out getting washed up. You're Cthulhu, the main character, getting washed up on this beach, and you have all your powers have been drained. And you find from the narrator that oh okay, the only way you can get your powers back if you kind of go through the game, become a hero, then you'll get your powers back and be you know revived whole. And of course, Cthulhu hears this because he constantly can hear the narrator talk and knows that you're playing him as a game character. So he's like, all right, I'm going to become a hero just so I can get my powers back to destroy the world because that's kind of like Cthulhu's thing. So you start out on a beach and like you meet your second character right away. She's being attacked by these little slime, slime creatures, Umi. And she becomes... Those creatures that you defeat are really cake, but she becomes... I, as I consider a white mage for your party, because Cthulhu is more of a tank. He, he's got good attack uh, abilities. But she becomes a white mage, and she becomes like a groupie form. She just falls madly in love with him and wants to follow him to the end of the game and help him out wherever possible. Now, let's go into the battle system. This is the greatest part about the game. There's a lot of humor, and the dialogue's great. But I think this battle system, especially compared to Saves uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas, is just so much better. It's so fast-paced. You have um, it's interesting because on enemies and bosses, every round you don't kill them, they gain ten percent strength. So as the rounds go on, they're just getting stronger and stronger and hitting you harder. So that motivates you very early on to hit them and try to at least take a few of them out if you have a bunch of enemies you're fighting. Because after a couple rounds, you're going to be getting hit with a lot more attack strength or magic strength. Uh, so that was a cool feature. Um, they also have these unique Unite abilities for each character. So they can kind of combine elements between the characters to help out. Make it like a... Uh, what do you want to call it? Hmm. Uh, what do they call those? I'm trying to think Final Fantasy. What was those... Uh, Limit breaks. That's what I'm thinking of. Final Fantasy VII limit breaks. It's kind of that type where you're using two different characters to kind of launch a limit break. So that's Unite features. In this game, there's so there, all the different characters are more fleshed out with differences between them. So Cthulhu, like I mentioned, was a tank. Yumi, definitely white mage. Although she can she can do some attack abilities too but i mainly used her she had a heal and some other magic and i could have her use potions when we were getting low uh on hp another cool feature about the battle system is after each battle whether it's boss or enemy sometimes when your characters do level up you'll have an option i think at every level up it'll just give a level up option a or b and you get to pick which way you want to go so there's a path where you can choose where to lead your characters. Some have better stats. Some have gives you just more HP or an MP. 
and some have different magic abilities. And you could see, okay, well, here's two different magic abilities to choose from. They might be both attacks, but one might hit a group or one might have a single target, but it'll do more damage, but it costs more MP. So you're constantly looking at whatever character's leveling up, and you, you kind of decide where you want to take their ability. Like Cthulhu, I wanted to be mainly the tank, so I wanted to give him a lot of HP, um, focus more on his stats of increasing his strength and whatnot. Where like someone like Yumi, you might choose a different way, a different magic ability. So it's it's got a way to fi- fine-tune the characters as they level up. And it's not just, you know, hitting the button, trying to get through the battles as quickly as possible. Yeah, the battles are super fast-paced. Where you can just jump through them real quick and go through the different menus and you're, you're hidden. It's very f- fleshed out and very fast. That's at least I think that's how they designed the battles to be. But then at the end, after you win, now you can just decide, well, how am I going to level up this character? What path do I want to choose? Very cool. There's also a combo meter. Now, this was in uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas, but I think it's done better here. Think of it as a, a critical attack. So you have you do all these attacks, whether it's physical or magic, and you're, you've got a combo meter in the top right corner of the screen that continues to go up. Then you have these special abilities, like I think with Cthulhu, it was Deathblow was one of his abilities. And that'll drain all of your combo meter. So it'll reset it to zero, but it'll it'll combine that combo, whatever that number is, and kind of like exponentially use that to add on to the, the strength of your ability. So if you don't use the combo meter a lot, you can build up that combo, especially in boss fat battles. You can get it up to 30, 40, 50. Uh, the, the meter and then dump it all on a, a major attack like death blow and do major damage to your enemies or uh, to the bosses the funny thing i found out early on because here's the thing i'm playing it on normal mode i didn't want to play it on easy and i think the next mode is insane so i didn't want to get that crazy with it i'm like all right let me start normal and see how that is and actually i think normal is a good playthrough on this game for the first time because I did die a bit, which in Cthulhu Save Christmas, I can't remember ever dying, but it was just way too easy. But normal mode, I did die a bit. I think some of the enemies were actually hard, harder than most of the bosses. There's a couple. I'm going to get to them that were really tough, and it surprised me. But in this game, they were actually... Uh, uh, the enemies, some of the enemies would actually kill me. Because there'd be so many on the screen. And plus, you got to factor in that 10% strength each round. If you don't kill them off quick, they're going to start doing heavy damage. So, so on the beach, after getting Yumi, we go through this uh, little cat cavern just off the beach. And on each one of these like dungeons or castles or wherever you're going inside somewhere, you have... Uh, uh, enemy count that they have a certain amount of enemies in that area usually i think it's 25 i can't remember it's on your main menu it'll show how many enemies you have left in that dungeon or cavern or cave and of course the battles are random so it's it's not based on walking how, like how many steps you take i, I noticed that but it seems to be kind of random and if you stay long enough in that dungeon and you do all the random occurrences once you hit your limit of, what, 25 or 50, then you won't have any more enemies pop up. Now, you could still grind if you want by going into the main menu, and you can actually force an attack. So you can keep fighting as many as you want. 
in this case, in this game, so in Cthulhu Saves Christmas, I did all of them because I th- they always showed that uh, how many enemies you had left. So I'd do it at the beginning so it was set on easy. Would pound out all the enemies, no problem. And then I'd take my leisure going throughout the rest of the level and just getting a treasure chest. This this game I played differently because normal is a little. It's definitely harder than easy of the old game. I ended up just going through normally in the cavern, getting the random enemies. And if I didn't get all of them, whatever level, like however many were, it didn't matter. I just kept progressing the story. I think there's only one time in this game that I grinded for maybe 30 minutes. And I'll cover that later. It was in one of the tougher dungeons. I think it was the volcano dungeon when you're going to fight a dragon. That one I think I might have grinded. But for the most part, you can just kind of play it as is on normal going through and just getting the enemies as you go through the different uh, caverns. One thing to notice, though, is you want to get up, pick up all the treasure chests you can come across. And sometimes I would backtrack because there's multiple paths. And you never know which path to take. Sometimes it'll be a dead end. Sometimes it'll lead you to the next area. But you know you saw a treasure chest in one of the other paths on there. So you have to backtrack because uh, some treasure chests gives you better weapons for your characters. Some will give you... Uh, different items like one-ups potions others will actually give your all your characters a, a ability boost jump that's how the creators decided to do leveling up that way in some respects so it's really important i think to kind of get try to hit all the bases of getting every treasure chest you possibly can going through these dungeons so in those cases there might be some backtracking but oddly enough i think there was only one or two caves where i actually hit my limit of the enemy count so they i didn't just kept getting randomly attacked and then i could take the rest of the time just leisurely going through and getting all the treasure chests every other time i think i never hit my limit so i this one was a good balance where i didn't have to grind at all except maybe one time let's get let's get some cool features out of the way for one i like the fact that you can save whenever you want you go to the main menu just hit save boom you save whenever you want also they have these shrines usually in every cave or castle where of course you can save anywhere so you can save at the shrine but mostly think of it as a tent or a cabin for final fantasy where you gain all your hp and mp back now here's what i figured out early on in the game was after every battle you win whether it's boss or enemy i thought all your abilities got uh, fully healed so I saw all my HP was fully back to max. I'm like, oh, cool. This was kind of like how the Saves Christmas one was, where after a battle, you're fully healed back up. Uh, but I didn't notice that it didn't bring back your MP. So for the first I don't know, half hour, hour of the game, I'm hitting every enemy, boss, whatever, with my hardest attacks, uh, using up a lot of MP, whatever I can do. Now, that will kill them quicker, so you have to not worry about the 10th, percent strength each round you can kind of wipe them out in quick fewer rounds and after you win you get all your hp back but you don't get all your mp back you'll get some and in fact you'll get more if you beat them uh quicker so if in if you do it in lesser rounds you get more mp back but if you're using nothing but like the best mp attacks well you're going to be running out real quick with your mp and i found that out the hard way I ran out where I'm like real quick and then all of a sudden I'm stuck halfway in this dungeon with no MP and I can only use just attacks on enemies. 
also those little save, I want to call them save crystals, um, those little shrines that uh, fully restore your HP and P and MP become necessary. And you have to find a strategy to not use up all your MP with the best attacks, but at the same time, you can't just go around with it and attacking enemies just with normal attacks. You have to throw in some MP stuff from time to time, or else you'll just get beat. Like some of the enemies, whether you get a bunch of them, where you have like, I don't know, six or seven enemies on the screen, if you don't wipe them out quick enough, that 10% strength upage each round will get them wiping out your characters a lot quicker and a lot more deaths or game overs. So it becomes a balancing act. Now I like to save like all the time, so I just kind of like save my way through it. Uh, and but I greatly reduced my doing major MP attacks. I try to save those for either boss battles or um, if I had a, like a lot of enemies on the screen. Or some enemies are really tough. I can't remember. I'll tell you in the zombie zone. We went to the zombie town. It's all zombified. I remember the zombie cops were actually pretty bulletproof in trying to kill. So they you had to use a lot of damage on them to get them to die. Okay, enough babbling. So the first cave we go through right out of the beach, we now move to the next town. The town's uh, Miskatonia. When we go into this town, I remember, what did we talk about here? Oh, before we even get to that town, I didn't even tell you. So there's one first boss battle. I wouldn't even count it as a boss battle. It's kind of just introducing you to bosses. And this was the uh, the characters. There's three characters called the Three Heroes of Goodly Justice. I remember one of them was named Switchblade, and he was kind of like a Robin Hood character. You know, steal from the rich, give to the poor. And they come across as like old school Final Fantasy one characters, or so you know those type of characters. I think they were trying to get a bunch of crystals. I can't remember their whole story, but they have a little dialogue with you. Of course, with Cthulhu, we're on the evil side of things, so we get in a fight with them. They're kind of a pushover. That's not even... I didn't even count them really as a boss, but it is funny because you do run into them later towards the end of the game, and I'm going to bring them up later on. So they took a few rounds to beat because I think I focused on the cleric first, and then I... Because there's a cleric, a thief, and a, he a hero... I think I focused on the cleric first because they had the lowest HP to wipe them out. But anyways, it's funny because you, you run into them later on in the game after you've almost completed the whole story. And they've had their own little adventure a la Final Fantasy. And there's a cool feature on that. Oh, one more thing I'm thinking of. If you're playing this game, like I said, at least normal, if not higher difficulty. And I would recommend turning the commentary on. What the commentary does is it'll have these question marks all out throughout the the world that you can go up to and just you know, give you a little description of the developers, like what they thought about how making this level or the reasons they did certain things in the game or what they changed or forgot to do later on. Really cool feature. Like you, I, I highly recommend it. It makes the game so much more enjoyable, just fine, uh, getting into the heads of the developers in certain areas of the game. So I would absolutely keep that turned on. So anyways, we ended up going to that town. I remember, oh, there's another boss battle caused this star terror. Actually, that, that was the early enemy. These tiny little starfish were the, probably the harder ones, but again, nothing's too hard. They're just trying to introduce you to the battle system. But this boss, as I noticed going on early on is 
the boss battles get harder, but so far, you know, the first couple are cake, and then all of a sudden you start really feeling it, and then you have to have a strategy as you're going through it. And I actually had, like, one or two bosses that I'll get to that were tough. Like, I died several times and I had to keep changing my strategy to beat them. But the star terror creature that I think comes out of the ocean wasn't... I mean, I just threw everything I had at it. I was still... I still didn't realize that I could run out of MP at this point. So, I threw the kitchen sink at it and it wasn't that bad at all. Anyways, we go to this... Our first town. Another cool thing that I found out that... I didn't realize at the time is when you do die, it has you an option to retry. Now, I thought at first, because I didn't read the whole description, I thought it was free of charge. I'm like, oh, that's a cool feature. You could just retry that enemy or boss battle again from the beginning so you don't have to like reload the uh, save. But I was wrong. You're actually using an item called a one-up that... If once you run out of, then you can't retry. So I had a few of them retries, and all of a sudden I didn't have any one up, so it wouldn't let me retry. And then I figured out, oh, I'm actually using items to retry instead of it being a uh, like a, a go to thing that's always there. I, I if you can't tell, I can be quite oblivious when playing some of these games, and usually I'll get myself stuck rather easy. This game I didn't. Surprisingly enough, it was. Uh, it wasn't too hard. I think normal's the perfect flow. And once you listen to the Christmas show, you, or the Cthulhu Saves Christmas, you'll see what I'm saying. Easy is not, is just way too easy for this type of game. Oh, so the first town. I see I'm off track already. I need somebody here to bounce back on. Um, calling Derek. Uh, so the first town, you talk to this kid. He says, oh, his dog vanished in some ancient Indian burial ground that's nearby. And he's hoping you can go over there and help out get his dog back so that's like our first mission is to go to this cave because we're again we're trying to be a hero here to get all our powers back just so we can destroy the world now going through this cave uh it's this is just one big room this dungeon right and your boss battle for the cave is this ninja spirit i can't let me look at my notes uh yeah, it's the same as the Star Terror creature. Again, pretty much cake. You throw every all your best attacks at it that you possibly can. They're not giving you nothing too strong yet uh, when fighting these enemies. So this one, nothing to really write home about. You get, you you basically go back and talk to the kid, and he'll give you this trance sword for uh, you know saving his dog from this Indian burial ground. No, it's not even an Indian. Why do I say Indian? It's a ninja burial ground I'm so used to it. burial grounds being Indian it's a ninja burial ground so that's the ninja spirit you have to fight um, so this was a I guess you could call it fetch quest of sorts um, it's not as ridiculous as if you heard the Lost Odyssey episode the disc one uh, where the funeral fetch quest the, those were silly this one seems more makes more a little more sense now, our next area that we go into to explore is called the Shrine of Heroes. And this is where we fight what I count to be the third boss battle. And actually, our third character, because he joins us after we beat him. And his name's Sharp. He's basically just a sword. Um, he was not, not too bad. I mean, you can tell now that the 
bosses are starting to become more challenging, but they're not overwhelming yet. And he he joins us after. Now, I would consider Sharp, the sword, to be one of the best characters because I feel like he can he's a black mage and also attack mage his attacks are super strong as long as you keep him upgraded with you know the best armor and weapons I mean he just keeps getting a better sword each time right go figure I think he's one of the best uh, all around uh, attack characters you always want a black mage in your party and he's got great attack skills so Again, Yumi's doing the white mage stuff, but he is a perfect character to kind of round things out in the beginning. So after we get the character sharp, now comes Zombie Town, Dunwick. So once we arrive at this town, because we, a frightened villager actually escaped the town and comes and tells us, hey, there's this town that's infected with zombies, like a zombie apocalypse occurred and needs us to clean, clean house. And funny thing about this we fight an enemy here. In fact, this is one of my favorite. I think kind of, you'd say, it's not a cave, but just a cool kind. It's a linear path for the most part. Sometimes you have some backtracking because you go off just to find a treasure chest or just a, a dead end. But this one, you're going through like torn down houses falling apart. There's zombies everywhere. They're all just partying. They're just dancing around. They're not even really attacking you. But you have random... Uh, battle occurrences where you have to fight zombies. That's where I said in this area you have the zombie cops where I really noticed they were tough to beat. More so than any other enemy in this area. And also we pick up our fourth character here. That is October. Probably one of my favorite characters because she's more of a goth necromancer. Pure black mage. Awesome character. I totally dug this character a lot. And overall I think there's there's so many how do you put it? For such a short, like, kind of silly indie game RPG, I, the characters are well fleshed out. I mean, compared to Saves Christmas, which was kind of like an afterthought thought where it's a very short game. I think it's only four to six hours. You don't have a lot of exploring the world map, going to different towns. They didn't. You just they didn't have that kind of time for that. Even the battle system was a lot different than this one. I think the characters were pretty fleshed out for such like a short kind of not serious indie game. So this is where we get October. Uh, and we also fight. Now here's this boss was actually in uh, Saves Christmas. I'm not even going to be able to say his name. It's it's a it's another enemy in the whole um, HP Lovecraft Cthulhu world. Let me go ahead and plug this into a text-to-speech because I am terrible pronouncing fit words. They're laughing up? That's what it says, but that doesn't sound right either. Yeah, I don't think it's getting it right either. Uh, but um, this, I think this is one of the end bosses of the Saves Christmas game. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. I'd have to go back and listen to that show, but that it, this one actually ends up being our, what, fifth boss? Fourth boss? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm even looking at my notes now. Remembering from Inboss of Cthulhu Saves Christmas. So this was. So this one, a little more strategy. There's two zombies along with this boss. I'm not going to butcher his na- name anymore. You can look it up. If You you have to ignore those two zombies because if you just kill them, he'll just keep bringing them back. Um, 
And also in this area, another enemy besides the the zombie cops, they have necromancers that you have you want to focus on killing them first because they'll bring back every enemy that you kill. There's usually has four or five other enemies along with this necromancer on the screen. And at first, I was just going down from left to right, attacking and killing stuff. But he kept bringing everything back, so I had to focus all my energy on him. So, kind of the same way here, these two zombie characters just don't even pay attention to them. You want to focus solely on the boss before you even deal with the zombies. But uh, but that but this boss ends uh, the whole zombie town area, which is one of the my favorite areas in the game, I think. Um, I guess we have a little bit of a party with the zombies, then we head out and we go to the Swamp of Despair. Now this Swamp of Despair, it's basically an optional cave. This is where you finally get your first optional type dungeons. And what what this one contains, you get a sword for Cthulhu and a tomb for October. Now luckily, I saved up enough money that usually from town to town I was able to upgrade uh, my character's armor and weapons. Because each one had a unique armor or weapon. They couldn't be shared with other characters. So once you you equipped better armor and weapons, you can just get rid of the old ones and sell them for... I don't think you got that much money, but you, there's no point in keeping them. A cool thing about actually selling and buying in towns is when you go to an equipment shop and you go to buy something, you can actually hold down... What was the button? You press the X button. You can compare uh, whatever uh, weapon or armor you're going to buy Compare it to what you have on so you could see instead of backing out, going to your main menu, going to your equipment section and having to look at it that way. You could see it right on the screen there like, oh, OK, this is what my character currently has on and this is what they're selling and what what the difference is between the strength, the you know, all the different stats. So that was a cool feature. Anyways, the Swamp of the Stip Bear, this first optional dungeon. You're going in there to get basically a tomb for October, and a tome, excuse me, and a sword for the Cthulhu. But at the end of this, you you get attacked by this guardian of the swamp, the fire whale. Now, this boss is still surprisingly pretty cake. Um, Yumi Stun Strike is. I found out that this her ability here because you have so many different abilities for these characters. I mean, really, the shining feature of this game is the battle system. Her stun strike works really well against this boss. So it was pretty kick. I don't have much to say about the firewall. Okay, so the next area after Swamp of Despair is the Ghost Forest. And this is where, at the end of this forest, you run into the first boss battle that was tough. And that is against the Ape Princess. here because I wrote a ton down about this. Uh, so 13,500 HP. Um, I can't I couldn't believe the trouble I was having with this boss. Okay, so it, initially it's got these myth, mist wolves in front of it and it casts protect on them at the start of the battle. So eventually I died several times until I got the right strategy job. Well, here's what I do for each character. 
Cthulhu. Call of Kraken is what I use for, and this 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 does 83 HP uh, hit points on all enemies each round. So after you use this, it continues every round. This will be cast, and you don't you don't have to do. You can do other stuff with Cthulhu, but it's already in the works. So I'm using this to kind of t do damage on those Miss Wolves. I think they get taken out and die on either round four or five. So after that, I'm using both Deathblow tech attacks with Cthulhu and fire and physical attacks on the Ape Princess. Now Sharp, I got him doing the wind attack. October, she's doing this magic dark blast, and I have her using potions from time to time. Yumi is, of course, healing and potions. She's the white mage. But this worked out good because at first, you can't ignore the mist wolves. But you have to, you, you can't, you want to focus. All, I wanted to focus all my energy attacking the eight princess because if I didn't, eventually, just beating the mist wolves. We're already a couple rounds in, and now I'm getting hit really hard by the Ape Princess. So that Call of Kraken really helped out on doing enough damage on all enemies that I could just focus on the Ape Princess with all the characters. And they eventually die off in round four or five. I think I did still use a lot of heals and potions to survive this battle, but this one is where I took notice and said, Oh, okay, well, this isn't just your average uh, cakewalk. Like uh, uh, the Cthulhu Saves Christmas was. Okay, so after you beat the ape, ape Princess, you're going to Providence. And this is where you find in the town that they've been having these weird lights in the sky near this farm uh, that are having uh, that are having cows disappear. Which obviously means UFO and we're going to be entering a spaceship now. In which case is what we do. We actually aboard an alien spaceship that's been abducting these uh, cows. And we come across this strange cat creature named Pauls. Which apparently Cthulhu, they knew each other. Back in college, of all things. But we get this Pauls character to join us. And then going through this, the spaceship, we end up in a boss battle with Pauls. With, this one with a Z instead of an S. Now this enemy was also really tough. But it wasn't as bad as Ape Princess. So I ha here's my strategy when I was fighting it. Cthulhu, I had to do Insane Strike. Yumi did a Siren Call to Stun. Sharp was doing a Brave Wind Magic protection on all the party. And October was doing Lightning Magic. And then the second round, you mix it up a little bit more where Yumi's doing Blind Strike. Sharp's doing Multi-Strike. October's still doing the Lightning Magic. And Cthulhu's still doing Insane Strike. It was tough. I died a few times, but nothing quite like... I think the Ape Princess was got to be the tops as far as toughest battle in this game. So once we defeat Pauls, Yumi tries to shut down the ship, but we end up crashing in the perfect spot to continue our journey. I mean, what are the odds of that? I, now, here's a great place I met. I really like Graveyard of Memories. This area is cool because it's a cemetery where there's a... And it's also the second optional dungeon of the game. It's just one single floor. There's a bunch of different gravestones with uh, descriptions on, on the people. Wait, hold on. Let me check my notes. I know I got one written down. It's really funny. Okay. So in the gravestone area, uh, my probably my favorite gra gravestone line was literally and figuratively died laughing. But honestly, they were, they were all pretty funny. 
Okay, in this area you fight, and this is the next, I mean, every area you almost, you always run into a boss at this point. It was a living tombstone. All I did was throw my strongest attacks at it, and I had no trouble. I think I went through that for a bit, uh, but man, that ape princess really uh, beat the crap out of me. So once we finished, and I like the atmosphere of this whole graveyard one. Once we finished, I mean, I think the best area is still the zombie town. Once we finish this, we go to Kingsport. And this is this town we learned that a mysterious plague has struck the port. And there's some old man that went to a nearby water shrine to try to get the source of the plague. So that's where we have to head first. So we go to this water shrine. Now, this water shrine we mean, I think his name's Darsh. Let me look. Let me check my notes. Yeah, he's a senile man. He joins the party. You know what? I never even ended up using him. I assumed he was a white mage just because he had, he kind of had that long, old man, long white beard. I was just thinking, never used him. Sometimes he'd pipe in with his weird sense of humor or just be completely lost as to what's going on. But I, I, unfortunately, I never really tagged him in to use him as a character. Didn't really feel needed. I think I even upgraded his weapons and armor because I just had enough money at that point going from town to town. But, Really, he wasn't... I didn't feel the need to actually use him at all. Oh, in this water shrine area, we fight Shoggoth. Now, Shoggoth, I think this is around the ninth or 10th boss. I'm just using different... I'm, and the cool thing about this is as you're leveling up, you're getting some major magic upgrades and magic attacks. Like Cthulhu can now use Pierce. I love that ability. Yumi, the stun strike works great. You stun the... Usually, it almost always works to stun the enemy. Sharp has an excellent wind attack. And October, I mean, her lightning attack is key. I'm doing a lot of damage with attacking fully. And then usually I have Yumi doing either potions or healing. So Shogoth was not, 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 not bad at all. So we get what we need from, uh, to basically cure the town or the port with this water shrine. We open up the port and we take a boat to the north. All haze rat. Okay. So that's where we end up next. When this town were now, okay, now we get, and I remember, what game was that? Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. I think it had like either a fire cavern or a volcano cavern. I'd have to go back and listen to those shows that Mary, me and Derek did. And those, that cavern, whatever it was, it might've been a fire or a volcano. It was a pain in the butt. Same thing with this volcano uh, layer. People in town are saying that there's, there's some demonic dragon that's causing all sorts of havoc, and we have to go to this volcano to kind of climb up it to uh, take care of uh, the boss. And, I, and this volcano cave, it had some of the toughest enemies besides the final dungeon, dungeon in the entire game. And here's where I feel like the developers could have added an extra MP shrine, because really, you could, even trying to be conservative... You would be running low on your MP because the enemies are so tough. You'd have to use a lot of heavy magic. So once I finally cut to that MP shrine, I saved and I grinded until I couldn't get attacked anymore. That way I could go through the rest of it and get all the treasure chests without being overwhelmed by these super tough enemies in this, uh, this dungeon. And around this time, I noticed some of October's weapons... Certain weapons she got, she would actually target groups instead of just one enemy when you attacked, which is pretty cool. Yeah, this this dungeon was a bit much. 
But luckily, I, I grinded enough. I think it spent 30 minutes by this MP shrine to get through all the other standard random enemies so I can move on and finally beat the, the dragon boss, Ember. This one, again, some strategy needed. Uh, I think I had Cthulhu doing Berserk and Deathblow. I did Deathblow with a 44 combo, which did 6,500 plus damage. Now, he only has 25,000 HP. Yumi's got Electric Strike now, and she does some potions and healing. I have Sharp doing this Sword Dance multiple random stabs attack. October now has Void, which is the best one-hitter attack that she has. And he ends up actually joining the party after uh, defeating him, Ember. But I never used him. Again, at the end of this game, I already had my main characters that I really loved. And even though I always continue to upgrade everybody's armor and weapons, including the uh, the characters I didn't use, I still never ever ended up switching to really need them. The cool thing is now you can actually use Ember to fly around the map and get to like islands you couldn't do before. Kind of early Final Fantasy, uh, what are the kind of ships do they have? Your little flying ships, because eventually you usually get a boat, and then eventually that boat ends up flying, or something like that. That's how the early Final Fantasies were. So in this case, you're flying, you're using your uh, dragon ember to fly around the map. So our next stop is this Inns, inn's Mouth uh, area, in which case we spend the night at the end and end up getting attacked by the townsfolk, where they're trying to kill us because this, uh, who is this guy that uh, told him to do it? Dagon has taken over and told them to. So we ended up, there's some kind of cult. And we end up having to go to this marsh foundry to confront Dagon. Now, there's so many different floors, and this is a conveyor belt level. Not my biggest, I mean, the, every dungeon we get to seems to get in, growing bigger and bigger with only one MP shrine. So, but for the most part, this is pretty straightforward. I like what they did because there's a, there's places where you can lower and raise the water level to get to different areas to find different treasure chests. But I did so much backtracking trying to find all these treasure chests. In some cases, I just moved on and I probably missed some really good stuff. And Dagon hit that battle. I mean, I didn't even give, give him a chance to almost hurt me. I kept stunning him so much that it was one of the easier boss battles. I got here somewhere in my notes that Darsh says, I like cheesecake just randomly after one of these battles that just what a guy and it's at this point in the game we're heading to basically the final area the final dungeon and here is where we run into the original characters the three heroes of what were they called again goodly justice they've done their own little adventure a la final fantasy style i think they collected seven crystals or something and we're gonna have to fight them again now the funny thing if you have commentary commentary turned on one of the question marks nearby let you know that the developers decided to leave them the same level and hp and just the same strength as you fought them early in the game just to show you the difference between how much you progressed so the first strike you do on them wipes them out completely like they don't survive past the first round i thought that was pretty funny uh, you have two different boss battles in here. These are these dungeons are huge. This is probably the biggest one uh, of the whole game. Um, a lot of a lot of walking. Two boss battles in here. I mean, including the final final boss, Cthulhu, Gothulu. I don't know if 
I'm saying, all right, I only use one potion. I mean, this cake at this point, not a, not a problem at all. I love the last dungeon. The last dungeon reminds me of being on the moon of Final Fantasy II. I think that's my might be what they were going for. But anyways, our final boss is Azathoth. He's got 66 thousand and six hundred and sixty six HP uh, of course uh, I, I did heavy damage per hit I was doing between four five and six thousand plus damage per hit um, so I got him stunned early he started hitting hard late in the battle but by that end it by, by then it was too late so actually this one wasn't as hard again I think the hardest boss battle in the game was either the eight princess or Paul's. Those two were close together, and that was maybe I over leveled. I didn't think so. When I was talking to R and where he was at, because he's about halfway through the game now, he he finishes every area with however many enemies. Because I think there's a count on your main screen to keep track of. So he won't leave a dungeon until he's cleared all the enemies out. So. He's probably well leveled above me, but by the time I finished the game, I had eight hours total and all my characters were level 38. Because even the characters you don't use, they still level up. Oh, and the ending's pretty simple. Uh, you, Cthulhu leaves on a spacecraft, and he surprisingly, he took Yumi with him to be kind of his girlfriend. Now, what I loved about the game, there's a ton of pros. Uh, you can save anywhere. The soundtrack is great. Uh, it was very cool that you get full HP and revive. So if what you had a dead character, you, after every victory, whether it's boss battle or enemy, they'd be revived and they have full HP. They wouldn't give you full MP, but that makes the game more challenging. So you didn't just use the hardest, most the strongest MP attacks. You had to kind of balance it. The retry option when defeated, if you have a one-up, that was cool. They also had a teleport feature. I think I only used that once, and you can only use it for towns and areas you've already been to. And usually you're not doing a whole lot of backtracking, so I think I only used that teleport feature once, but cool. Um, the only con I could think of really was there's no run mode. I mean, there is, but in Cthulhu Saves Christmas, you can turn it on in the menu, and then it's always on. In this case, I had to hold down the B button on the Xbox controller to keep run mode activated. Other features, uh, let's see here. Well, the develop ter the developer commentary it gives you the story behind how they did the game, which is really cool. That, that I re recommend turning on. Um, oh, I forgot. I always You always got to check the bookshelves and the treasure drawers in any of the rooms in the towns, wherever you're at, because there's always something silly to be said on, on the on the shelves in fact i think there was a pedophile joke in one where i got it written down here there's a little girl's book on uh, one of the bookshelves and cthulhu finds it very touching and then it has dot 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 and he goes don't look at me like that another fourth wall break um oh and there was a nice knot here i'm looking at my old notes because again it's been a couple weeks since i beat this i was trying to get r to play it as quickly as possible um, there's a nice nod to, oh, can I even say his name correctly? Now I got to look that up. 
Junji Ito, he's a psychological horror graphic novelist. Uh, really like some of his graphic novels. And uh, they were making a stew, I remember, in the local inn. And on the commentary, it explains, like, uh, this is just like a slight nod to him and his uh, the graphic novels. And I also mentioned about buying weapons and armor. That that quick ability to compare what you have on was nice. So overall, I'd say, if you're going to play between the two games, I would skip Saves Christmas, even though you're going to hear that show coming out Christmas Eve, and stick with this one. In fact, I think I also got, um, what's it called? Breath of Death 7. That was a package deal with one of the Cthulhu games. It looks like it's around, it's, it's, the play style is just like this. It's shorter. I think it's only six hours long. I might play that one in the new year after Christmas. The next games that I got on my list to play, uh, I'm going to do Disco Elysium, the final cut. I, maybe I can talk to Derek and really, really push him just if he's going to play one game because he does get weekends off. If you would love to join me to play that, because I don't know how you guys feel about just me babbling on a solo show. I would like to have a fan play uh, a game where we can talk back and forth or something, but our, he doesn't really dig these RPGs as much. He's only kind of doing it as a favor for me playing on a Lost Odyssey. So I'm, he doesn't really want to play. I showed him Disco Elysium, at least the, the trailer. It's not really up his alley, but... Uh, so I'm thinking about sometime in the new year, Breath of Death 7, Disco Elysium, the final cut, and then Fallout 4. Never played any of the Fallout games. I heard from some friends at work and whatnot that Fallout 4 is the, the best one. Now, I know everybody's got their certain pick. I, nobody picks 76, but I'm going to start with 4 because at first I was thinking maybe I was going to do Skyrim Anniversary Edition. I never played any of the DLC stuff. But I think I'm going to hold it out and just try a whole new experience with Fallout 4. I'll save that one for last. So probably expect either Disco Elysium or Breath of Death 7 to be the first game of 2022 now. Uh, Hopefully I can get Derek back in to do Disco Elysium. Because I looked at that trailer and some of the gameplay reviews. Um, it, It looks... It looks awesome. And it's got great ratings. So I think it'd be another great uh, episode for the show. And I doubt people would want to hear me just go on excessively about it. Anyways, uh, that's it for now. Uh, expect uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas uh, to be released Christmas Eve. And until then, I will see you in the new year. Bye.